Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 12 of the Art Proof Podcast. Hope you're all doing okay and adjusting to these increasingly strange times we're existing in. Remembering to drink enough water and be kind to your loved ones. This time around, we're joined by artist and musician Shepard Manyika. Shepard is based in southeast London and his work ranges from video to sculpture to performance and everything in between. He's also worked in arts education for a long time and his projects tend to have a big emphasis on community. We talk about Shepard's progression as an artist and how music and art was something he kept separate but are now part of the same practice. We talk about his Sound Opus series which feature a sound system he built using an old supermarket trolley and also his collaborations with the 22A Records Camp. We also touch on our time working together at the South London Gallery and how lockdown may begin to erode the exclusivity of the gallery industry. We had a few connection issues with this one so sadly Nick can join us. Remember to listen all the way to the end to get info on future shows and how to contact us. How's things? Good, good. Just um, yeah, try it, try it, try to like deal with all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's good, it's good. Just uh, keeping busy. So how, how are you guys? Yeah, good. Yeah. Much yeah, right. the same, man. You know, trying to be productive and positive yeah. and do things like this while yeah. we're sort of quite unmotivated by the whole situation. But yeah, but well, you know, better. Yeah, lucky to be well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's yeah, yeah. lucky for our health. Lucky for yeah, our health. Very lucky for our health. Yeah. And this is this sort of coincided with a residency that you've been doing. The um... yeah, yeah, it's doing the open field um, residency thing because uh, initially I was supposed to be on site at well, CAS mm. Art School, and um, the the coordinator who I work with, um, well, Ben. Uh, I was like, oh, would you be interested in doing something online? I was like, oh, well, yeah, of course, definitely, like, perfect opportunity to do that, I think, like, right now, mm. especially, like, I, I'd imagine I would have just been kind of like, ah, what, what am I going to be doing? Yeah. So um, I thought, yeah, yeah, why, why not? That It makes a lot a lot more sense to kind of approach it that way, like, online and see see what will happen, basically. Mm. So was this, was this pre lockdown pre-covid that they'd suggested an online thing or was it in response no. to that? Uh, it was kind of like a response really a response to covid and um trying to figure out whether to go ahead with it later or, or just doing it right now as just as um as an option i was like yeah of course definitely do it doing it do it let's do it right now uh, almost kind of like let's get it out of the way but um, <laughs> also um because I'm like recent, I've started working with a lot of like sound and video. Yeah. And the online platform just sounds a bit more like you know appropriate for that in in, in so way in, in a way. So I said, okay, yeah, let, let, let's just let's just do it that way. Let's go ahead with that. What does it involve exactly? This. Um. So basically, for my MA, and actually, it's not even just for my MA. Like I think throughout like my I guess my journey into art music has kind of come in, into it in some way like yeah. trying to well I, well I do music on the side for a start and then I also make art and I think my issues are all uh, well earlier was like okay how do the two things differentiate and how are they also, also the, are they the same yeah and I think recently like in the last few years I've just kind of embraced the fact that I'm interested in music and I'm also interested in art and they kind of need to come together and then start kind of um, utilizing each other. Before, were you purposely keeping them separate? Then was that yeah, 
yeah. you really wanted to just yeah have these two different yeah. categories of your life and it was even like two different names as well like what what was the music name uh it was zico right Z-I-K-O. Yeah. so this this is like with um my guys th- third stream we still do stuff right now but then back yeah. then i was like zico and then doing art going to art college doing a, i was like shepherd manika and then yeah. right now kind of just said okay no it's all shepherd whatever's going to happen it's going to be shepherd you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah whatever it's going to be the art or whatever it's going to be the music whatever it's, it just has to be um because it, it's just that thing of like life feeding into what you're doing what is it a weight off your shoulders does it feel do you feel oh, lighter yeah yeah definitely definitely it was just so much easier because then um I could just do things um, without thinking, okay, this needs to be this particular way or that needs to be that. So I could take elements, I guess, from like an art, fine art practice and then use them in in how to maybe make a video or something. Or or like right now, I'm really looking into like sampling, but through hip hop processes and like how sampling and I guess like found objects are pretty much the same thing. Do you know what I mean? So... Yeah. that's uh kind of like the premise of like the residency so i'm looking at a um now that's what i call music 16. Is yeah. that an album you were given as a child is that a present yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yes my my mom sent it to me when i was back in malawi and and then that just became like, like wow listening to all this stuff it was like della soul and it was like the yeah. first kind of um purely hip-hop song i'd heard mm. you know like late late 90s uh, late 80s sorry yeah you know um and then pre before that it would have been like mc hammer or something like that you know what i mean like yeah. something really childish kind of, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was like this new new sound that i've not really heard 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 before mm. and then alongside that you have something like eurasia you right. know and then shakespeare's sister and then all this other stuff in in there you're just like whoa which kind of like it excited me and then that's been with me for a long time and then for the last maybe three three years I've been kind of ex- going back to the tape exploring it sampling it like remixing stuff uh, working with some of like the text and things like that so that, that's what I'm trying to trying to see how far I can push it. Don't you <laughs> Walkman from those young days as well? And you still yeah, have your yeah. such Walkman? Yeah, I think I saw a picture. Is it like one of those red ones that says My First Sony? Uh, no, no, no. It's, I've uh, got uh, like just normal. Um, yeah. I've, I've, I've got a few. So I've got like a Sony. I've got a Sony one. And a few, um, what are they called? It's a really shitty brand. Sorry, can I swear? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a really bush. Like I got a couple of right. bush ones. Yeah, yeah, I got a Panasonic yeah. one. That's I've actually got the Sony, the Sony one that I've had since I was like probably like seventeen. I've still got it with me. It works every now and then. <laughs> so I've uh, been playing the tape off for that. When these these sort of two worlds collide, the making music and 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 producing art. Mm. Was that during your MA that you decided to bring them together? Yeah, yeah, because like, it was just this thing about, um, so I've been doing some some teaching at like CSM uh, on the first year programme for XD, and there's always this thing about pedagogy, pedagogy, like uh, introducing pedagogies, and then thinking about myself 
going to art school, being the only black student in the classroom mm. and like being from London and then things that represented me. And then I was, I was really into hip hop in a way. And those things were never present, I guess, like in the classroom. And it was like, okay, how do I bring that in? So I thought, okay, uh, looking at hip hop as material or like art making, that's basically how that all kind of like came in as part of like the, the, the MA uh, as like an investigation into that. And how could you then utilize that maybe if you were to use it as a as curriculum or some sort in the classroom so that's but it's actually even then I, I then I did it and then I realized that okay you know like sometimes it's not really sticking because yeah. like it's not um it's not uh supposed to be like deep theory or anything like that I just needed to just kind of explore it as much as I wanted to and then it becomes whatever else it needs to become without um being underpinned by like a, a curriculum or something like that if that makes sense yeah yeah no it does <laughs> yeah. um, and then you you've got quite a background in arts arts education yeah, yeah yeah and how did you get into that was that through working at the south london gallery and doing the art assassin stuff or was that something that interested you before that uh you know i've always i think be, way before that i used to work do those of like youth work uh, I used to work at a centre in um, a Walworth Road right. uh, in, in Spire. So you get a lot of like, local kids coming in, making lanterns and stuff like that. And then, uh, yeah, I think from, from then on, I just, I guess, caught the bug. And then when, when, I'm, when, when I was at um, the South London Gallery, I found out about the Art Assassins, where I met you, obviously. Mm. Um, and it really interested me, like... It, this idea of like another way of um, uh, another option of like of like learning something new, something different, and yeah. then uh, it's it's pretty much that's way kind of kicked off, I think. Yeah. So, do you find so it's quite inspiring that time working with the youth? Is it in your own work? Do you find? Yeah, yeah. For, for me, definitely. Yeah. I think so. I do a lot, a lot. I do quite a bit of, of like workshops, and um, like it offers like a really learning, um, a space for me to learn. So right. if I come in there with like a, a way to do something, like, cause I, I'm quite a uh, process led, like like a long process of like putting things together like that. And I find that if I take the same method into a workshop, you might get like a five year old that could do that in five minutes or two <laughs> minutes. And I'm like, okay, I need to think of something else yeah. to do which I quite like because then that's that challenge of like, I need to actually find another way of communicating with this person because they've done what I've asked them to do. Or I could give it to, say, if I'm working with someone who's like 70 year old or something like that. And then they um, they take really long because uh, their dexterity skills are not really, um, they're kind of, they're losing that, you know, you know, like it's our hands start to work differently. Yeah. The older we get so I like that it's like I, I get to learn other methods of like um of working do you also enjoy I, I've read that you, a lot of your work is based on childhood memories it's a mixture of both I think it's like it's funny because I was listening to whose podcast was it I think it might be Emma's cousin or Emma cousin's Emma cousin, or yeah. she yeah. is um, She's on the episode we're releasing tomorrow. 
Oh, right. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Yeah. And, and uh, I can't remember who she was talking to, and but the artist said something about uh, um, being autobiographical, and I never um, thought of my work being that. And it wasn't until they said it, I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm just making work probably about myself and yeah. like trying to like it is about memory. Um, yeah. And trying to relive those memories and things like that. Like I'm, I'm quite interested in that. And like the idea of like, can you really go back to that time when you had that experience and then and present it to someone and they have that same feeling, or they come to it and just go, okay, great, mate, nice tape. Do you know what I mean? So like, just exploring those. Are there particular memories you're reflecting on? Like, is there a strong sort of memories that you? You always think of when it comes to creating this work yeah it's quite quite interesting i think um i did the uh, like like uh, there's a work uh, objects for play by this idea of like um when you're a child if you're given like um i don't know or they put your parents might buy you a, a car and then your imagination yeah. just kind of like really wonders like the car can do so many things you know Apart from yeah. say, as an adult, what we know a car to do, or you give a child like a box, and then the box becomes a house, it becomes a hat, it becomes so many different things. So it's yeah, like um, yeah, yeah. some trying to go back to that um, that process of like that way of thinking, like this. Um, the objects could be more than one more. Um, so for uh, I guess like a particular memory is like when we were younger we were obsessed with like so i'm old sorry <laughs> we were obsessed with like you before i think we're probably the same age yeah you know but let's not tell anyone i was obsessed with like, we were obsessed with you before you me and my mates and i right and literally formed a group like all of us, like we, we assigned each other the role. We made like guitars out of like old kind of like uh, uh, oil, cooking oil cans. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, what do you call it? Roll on. Those like were like microphones and things mm. like that. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I just remember things like that, just going, oh yeah, wow, we, we actually did that as kids. And like that in itself, it's, somewhat, it's like a performance, isn't it? Like it's like performance art of some sort, you know? Yeah. But it's like a bunch of kids just playing and like if you do it as an adult it becomes something else you know but um it's like retreat trying to get back to those kind of like memories so that's what, in some ways like those, those are the type of memories that kind of like stick with me yeah right it's still quite a performative element to your work now i mean stuff like the sound opus where you're traveling around with the the sound system and the head nod stuff i mean yeah they sort of heavily reference hip-hop but they have this performative element to them is that saying it's quite important to you yeah yeah i think yeah 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 i think that's the that's the simple answer it's quite important like the sound system is is important i guess because I, I am interested in music mm. and again like the head note piece is again going back to this idea of like hip-hop like yeah. taking it apart and finding specific like elements that don't necessarily say that that's hip hop, but they point to it, you know. So like the nod, obviously, is like a synonymous with that culture. Mm. 
so like exploring that a little bit further than um, what, what we know of it in a way and then I guess like this, the sound system was also born from me being well I live in Peckham and like there are trolleys everywhere yeah and, um, <laughs> so I just literally went around taking pictures of trolleys and stuff I've uh, got an account out there and um, and then it was like okay what what else can that become do you know what I mean like in the same way like the roll-on become, becomes a, <coughs> a microphone so this the trolley could have another like um, another life <laughs> yeah so like, the trolley just had this other it, it looked like it had other uh, possibilities yeah which were like this uh, walking uh, sound system I um yeah oh. I, I interviewed Mark Leckie a while ago about his sound system pieces nice. he was saying when he made them it was at a point in his life where he had an actual <coughs> mind with the art world and his his argument was saying that these things from his culture that wasn't mm. necessarily part of contemporary art or highbrow yeah. culture um, yeah. were valid or should have you know as valid as any piece of work in a museum or something like that yeah is this kind of um merging of cultures sign that you're interested in yeah, actually, do you know what? Uh, it is it is that thing of like, um, what what is culture? You know, like when you say uh, cultural capital or something. So do I necessarily need to be like in a university for like three years and then do another year, two years of studying this and do a PhD, and then therefore I'm I'm cultured, or like all the things, the life experiences that I have, are they also like valid in those spaces? So like the sound system, for instance. You know, there's a, it's, it's culture. It's like there's a particular way of doing, of building a sound system, and like you have to, there's a, uh, you have to understand it in a particular way. I don't fully understand it myself. I'm still learning it. But then that is that is theory. There's a there's a particular theory about the sound system. That's where I guess these things kind of like come into my uh, to my like way of making making art. It's quite a crucial tool of communication, the sound system. Yeah a way that sort of communities would would communicate new music and stuff like that and messages yeah yeah and like it's like a spot for like sharing and communication connecting as well you know like bring bringing people together in a way because like that that sound system the way it came about was also quite interesting which is basically a, a residency on uh packington in islington through uh air and my idea was just to go around and record sounds of like the community because there's this community that was basically almost like they, they, they're all living in the same space but they're also quite separate mm. so again like as you're saying music brings people together or sound brings people together and so it'll be interesting to just go into someone's house and record their fridge yeah <laughs> and then and then they hear what someone else's fridge sounds like or or their parrot or something like that, or um, first time George and met his wife. Yeah, and I've got really some really nice insight into their state and I think um, presenting it back to the community, so, some of them appreciated it, <laughs> you know, but it was like, it, is, it was almost like that thing of bringing things together, things that were really quite separate like in one space and everyone getting to like, to see, um, or to see and hear the, the sound. What was your pathway into art? What were your sort of first experiences of art and how did you decide that you wanted to be an artist? My um, my uncle, 
was an artist that when I was back in Malawi, like you'd come, they, they all they all came up to the UK and studied and things like that, that traveled around the world and they would come, they always come home like we've got some sort of fresh trainers or some right. fresh jeans and just like, wow, that's, that's amazing. And then I remember, actually as an early memories, like I remember him making his first screen or like a silk screen screen. Like it was literally like, it was a mesh and some varnish. I remember watching him doing that, but not realizing what that was doing to me, I guess, in my head. So like mm-hmm. further on, that's become one of my tools. Like I like, I like print, but like, I guess he was probably my access into art, but I never, it wasn't until probably like later on when I went back to college and I did um, art and design VTech at Birmingham College. I ended up doing, going to study like fine art at um, St. Martin's. Yeah, that was kind of like it. There was dribs and drabs of like art, I guess, going to art galleries and things like that. Um, then I was just like, okay, maybe I'll do actually, this is what I want to do. What was appealing back then at that age? Like, what art was appealing to you? What were you seeing that made you think, oh, maybe this is a route I'd like to go down? I think what got me excited about art was, I think when I was on my BA first year, we went to Venice, the Venice Vinyl, the Anali Vinyl, however you say it. Um, And my tutor at the time kept saying to me, oh, you need to look at Bruce Nauman. And I was like, who the fuck is this so you need to look at Bruce yeah. now. Like, what? Nah. And like he was so he's he's probably like easily the best art teacher I've ever had, but I never realized it until I went to Venice. Right. I remember uh, we went with a group of friends and this one time it was like we we're doing a lot of walking. I was just like, guys, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and do my own little tour. I'm <laughs> Ended up finding a, a, a pub that was serving Guinness, the only Guinness I could find in Italy. Uh, in Venice, I didn't like, I had my little Guinness and then had a little walk around and then there was just this gallery just there and it was just all Bruce Herman's work. I was just like, what? And my uh, mind was completely blown. I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, right? So we could, this can actually be done, you know, there's so many other ways. Uh, it was the, the day's piece uh, and uh, good boy, bad Good boy, good girl, good, no, good boy, bad boy. And then he had the cage in there as well. So I remember walking in the cage and then just started feeling really close. Oh. He's, he's like one of those artists that's just like, you do something and you're like, yeah, Bruce Diamond's done that. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and I'm just, every time I see something, I'm just like, wow, how did you actually... How you get there? You know, like there's other things that do similar things to what he does, but his his approach is just I, I just feel like it's on another level, you know. Yeah, I think that that kind very of like smart very smart. Yeah, I want to tell you about him. He sort of he was a he was a mathematician before mm. he was a physicist, and he sort of oh, obsessed right. um, numbers and equations and stuff. Yeah, very oh, okay. smart. Sense. That makes sense. Us working together at the South London Gallery, I know you through people like Mo Colours and yeah, um, yeah. Reginald Omas yeah. Mode. And you mm-hmm. featured on Gene Bass's track as Shepherd's Manyika. Was that, yeah. was that sort of one of the first releases where you'd used your actual name as opposed to, to an alias for, for, for making music? No, no, that, that, that came after the stuff I did with Reginald. So. Okay. Uh, 
before that, so it was like a, a double sided EP with me and Dollboy. So Dollboy was on the oh, yeah, yeah, rap. Yeah. yeah, so I've got I've got this that was actually the first time that Shepherd came up. So I think it was we were talking to um I was talking to Reginald and uh, we're trying to figure out a name and da, 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 and he was just like, Yeah, what well, he's just you should name. <laughs> I've been thinking about that quite a bit, so let's just let's just go with that. And I think since then that's kind of like just stuck. But I like the the track with um, Jim Bassa was the way that came about. I remember because that's the, the track itself is from one of his like earlier EPs. I think he did with it was Henry Wu, I think. And um, I remember listening to it, just going, oh, yeah, let's have a little freestyle and send it to him, hoping that I'll get on uh, <laughs> on one of his tracks at some point. And yeah. then, yeah, that was years and years ago. And then last year, he just emailed me saying, hey, um, I'm going to release that track. And I'm thinking, what track are you talking about? I don't even remember recording anything with you. So he, he used that um, as, a, as it was sent to him. He uh, tweaked it and... Yeah, did what did what he does, you know. So, and that was um, was that twenty two A release? Yeah, the twenty twenty two A and um, Reggie and um, what's my man? Oh, I can I forget his Yeah, 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 yeah. Is collaboration quite important to your practice, sort of musically and artistically? Yeah, yeah, I like, um, Yes, I think it is. It is because I think you're you're collaborating with someone, someone somehow, some way. Regardless, um, you know, you, you're probably in some ways collaborating with someone who stretches your canvas. You know, if you and then you paint on it. So, like, like I was saying earlier, like I think collaboration in a way just allows allows me to have a better understanding of things that I might not be able to to deliver. You know, so it's it's important in that way. Um, How has uh, lockdown affected collaboration for you then since this time? Um, I've, had, I've had one collaboration, which is like a music thing. So did um, fuck it, I'm <laughs> saying it, I'm saying it. Um, it's a video. Yeah. Exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> you might have to cut this out. <laughs> but um, yeah, just recently did a video. For, um, for a track and it was literally uh, the producers like oh yeah we're going to use our phones I'm going to phone you on Zoom and then you just sing the track back to me on the thing you know? and we did that over a few number of days tried a few things out it was like oh it's not really working because I keep opening I'm keeping doing I don't know whatever and, um, and then I shot it again with my own camera and then he's kind of sending the footage and he's edited stuff, you know, and then we kind of this back and forth, like sharing of like what we've we've just made in a way like that, because it's, it's like this type of format, isn't it? Mm. It's like that, yeah. a, another way of like creating within this kind of like circumstance, because otherwise yeah. it would be okay. We need to do like some bring out a camera, let's go, let's go and shoot somewhere, find a location, but the location yeah. was my bathroom. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Location became a bathroom, and he edited at home. And like, I think he did, he did a pretty dope, good job. So well, it's amazing what can be done, really. When yeah. invitations are put on on us, you know yeah. how our imagination. I guess it goes back to the the stuff with how kids see things, and yeah. we start using our imagination more, and 
what we can do with yeah. the environment around us. That, that's all we have in that immediate moment. Quite interesting how it links with your work, really. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's that. It's like trying to be as this, well. It's about being resourceful, isn't it? Like, like, like as you said, what do we have around us that we can utilize in in in, in our kind of like creative processes? And that just became it. Like, I use my phone all the time. I'm obsessed with Instagram. You know, I'm posting <laughs> stuff up. You know, people yeah. are like, oh, you post too much and stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna strip it down. And then trying to find other ways of like using it in a very in a in a useful way rather than just kind of uh, here I am here I am kind of like way you know and yeah and we we he had a phone I had a phone what what was pretty much kind of like the be uh, best our best option at that time for it to work you know? so so is this um is this transition to working in this way sort of working predominantly online has that come quite easy to you yeah in yeah yeah in, in some ways yeah it, it has its it has its problems i think you know like um connectivity and stuff like that or you know like particular age groups don't really understand how you know access it's also, it also it's, there's, there's loads of questions about access like who has access to this uh to this format and if i'm going oh yeah i'm going to do a residency online and it's just going to be about sound and visuals and things like what happens to someone who hasn't got a computer at home or whatever you know so it's, it's it's also bringing up a lot of questions about how accessible it can become but then if you have something like instagram for instance whatever i do do as a as an art project i could put it on there for anyone to experience it or people that might not even care for what i do as an artist will, will get to see it and experience it and, and maybe i don't know it would inspire them or, or whatever it would do for them but it, it, you can be present in so many different places as you it's like a gallery space is quite exclusive isn't it with the yeah. Yeah. do you think it kind of strips away the exclusivity of of the art world shifting online yeah yeah i think, I think there's elements of that like where it just it takes it apart and yeah, if you if you've got access, you're in there. You can see it. Um, if you if there's someone pointing, in, in some ways that you almost need someone to point you to it first, and then it's there. You know, but um, and and I love the fact that like online, like this stuff is happening. Yeah. Just kind of they're talking to each other in a very like honest and open way. Mm. Like a, a lot of the musicians, for instance, for me, I, I love that. Uh, Swiss beats and are talking about production. That's something that I never thought would ever happen. Or they're getting all these people to battle each other, or, or you get this galleries uh, talking to this person about their practice in a very like present way without you having to pay mm -hmm. to go and see this talk or whatever. I think it's it's, it's healthy and I'm, I'm I'm in some ways hopeful that whatever is happening now, when we come out of it. We become even more more knowledgeable than we were, and mm. things would be a little bit clearer than they were before. And you know, like all the roadblocks are kind of like being moved. You know, do you like, think it perhaps allows people to take more of a sort of casual interest in things like contemporary art? Because you don't have to commit to visiting the gallery. You don't have to do these things that might make you feel uncomfortable. You can just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's exactly it takes you away from that that uncomfortability as well. Like mm. I think my my experiences of going to galleries like we're always like oh I'm in here <laughs> for this thing. Like, hey you know should, what should I do? How should I look at this painting? How should I how should I behave and stuff like yeah. that? 
And yeah. that's been for, for you know, people like us who have worked in galleries for a long yeah. time. You still exactly. get that level of imposter syndrome and not yeah, yeah, yeah. to be there. I was literally going to say, like, even when I was there, like, there were moments I just kind of felt like, oh, I'm going to have to talk to someone about <laughs> this work. <laughs> Someone's coming to ask me about this work and I'm just like, oh, you know, like, what does this mean? Or, or you know, when you don't like something mm. and you have to stand uh, just with it for, like, Six hours. <laughs> <laughs> Six hours plus, you know. I remember and plus, yeah, and, and enjoy it and answer all the questions and stuff like that. Mm. So it's um yeah, the the internet is kind of, and it opens it up, it opens out your audience, I guess, you know, like so someone in Indonesia can see what you're doing in, in Peckham, you know, it's like it widens it up a little bit. Yeah. You think about things like you know, there's been a lot of we actually interviewed an artist called Chris Steed who's a student of the RCA at the moment, and he was talking about how um, the introduction of virtual exhibitions has big, been a big issue for a lot of art students. They're arguing that, you know, it's it's not, that you need to have the physical experience of a end-of-year exhibition. There are positives and negatives. Of course, yeah. Because right. it's, it's, it's about labour as well, isn't it? Because I can imagine someone could get myself in trouble, but hey, here we are. Um, <laughs> It's about labour, isn't it? Like the amount of time you put into like your degree, man. Jesus Christ. And then your research and then money and then making things. And then you want people to come and experience it. Because like, especially being, being that it's art, it's like not all parents are supportive of like the art, art processes. Not all people, not even just parents, are supportive of it. It's like you almost want to kind of show it to them. this is why I'm doing it this is what I made and this is what I spent time researching in and things like that you know and it would be a real shame if it was just online because I think yeah. that you're right like in a in a, a painting like experiencing a painting in real life yeah. it's very different to like a magazine or, or or on a screen you know the idea of it getting reduced to something that's sort of essentially an Instagram post yeah really sort of detracts from most people's work i guess unless it's something that's intended to be online yeah 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 so it's like it is it is about your intentions as well and then also like i think that covid covid is not a nice thing is it it's like it's just messed everything up it's like you've literally you have to rethink your whole practice do you know what i mean like one instance like you gotta rethink about your practice in another space in a way so like I think that's probably like the hardest thing like rethinking how you act your your how your practice can exist online without you being in front of it you know I think that's that's the most difficult thing I think have you been managing do you, do you to produce any work out, out of your house or anything like that have you been making any videos like um parts of the head nods project or anything like that yeah, we've we've I've done I've done a few. So like my my partner and girlfriend usually she usually shoots them, make her hold the camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's she's usually the one behind the camera. So like we we just walk around and shoot shoot some bits. And I've been doing um loads of like field recordings. Uh, birds loving the birds every morning. So it's been quite a dramatic change in what you're picking up in these field recordings due yeah. to lockdown yeah because like it's a lot quieter uh it's almost like you can hear the trees a little bit more you can hear people nice. you know um all, all that stuff just kind of picking it up and um uh, just adding it to i guess like the archive um, 
of like sounds and visuals and things like that and see where seeing where that will end up i like the empty streets as well like uh like like seeing peckham peckham high street empty is like it's it's different obviously um, I'm, i'll go out there like so on a normal day like people might still be walking around and then this happens it's like dead mm. street you know you're probably in some some spaces you're probably the only person there you know which is like uh you almost need to take that in in, in some way yeah it's a funny time i miss peckham you know i'm, I'm staying out in the suburbs Ah, I'm at my pen. My my wife's pregnant, so we. Oh, congrats! Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. We escaped to the suburbs. Yeah. Uh, just as they introduced lockdown, mm. so we're out here, um, and her sister's staying at our flat in Peckham. So I've missed the sort of ghost town Peckham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I'm quite. Part of me really wants to go back and just have a look and see how things are. Yeah. It's been two months. Yeah. The longest I've been away from home mm. in a long, long time. So part of me is sort of, yeah, jealous that you get to experience lockdown. <laughs> I mean, the high street is probably not as... Uh, uh, yeah, as, I hear it's been it's not as empty. It's not as empty as it should be. <laughs> no. Which is, oh man, that's great street. I think that's probably one of the things I'm finding most difficult about how people are handling all of this stuff and dealing with it. Like, um, Yeah, people having drink, you know, they're out, yeah, you know, it's all right, it's all good. Like it's, it's like it's a normal a lot of denial. Yeah, a lot of denial and um but then, denial. Mm. And it's quite scary that yeah people are in this sort of state of disbelief. Yeah. I think it's been quite dangerous. Well like the, the high street also I've always been interested in it because like uh, like I say on a normal day you have a it's like bustling, you know, there's loads going on. Like the shop signs, yeah. and then what happens at night in Peckham, you know, in the daytime Peckham, the kind of thing, and then the Peckham High Street, I mean, the Peckham on the sides of um, like Rye Lane, you know, how that just changes. So, like, you get this noise still kind of happening on yeah. a basis oh. throughout this period, but you could just take a, a, a right onto, like, I don't know, Bellingham Road or something like that. Yeah. It's just really quiet. You know, that just that even that difference, like even even quieter than normal or something. Mm. When, when I was younger, Peckham was a no-go area, really. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. Um, yeah. Peckham, Peckham yeah. was the bill, do you know what I mean? Like the bill. Um, Northwest London. Yeah. And when I started at Campbell College when I was about 18 to do my foundation, yeah. friends from Northwest London, they wouldn't come to Peckham. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> really 20 years ago now, they wouldn't come to Peckham. And people would say things like, oh, when are you coming back to London? So I'm, like, I'm, I'm 45 minutes down the road, you know. When are you coming back to London? Yeah. So there was a huge divide. You know, the river was Good a one. divide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were, were scared of, of, of Peckham. It was rough. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. So are there, are there any ways of working that you found that have been sort of introduced to you by lockdown that you'll carry on into your sort of practice after lockdown? Be organised. I love clutter, I love mess, I'm, I'm quite messy. And um, so I was, a lot of these calls, say if I'm talking to people online, I was doing them in my shed. So I built a shed in the, in the garden. And um, right. just kind of stacking things on top of each other. Uh, it wasn't as neat as your shelf behind there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, was sat, 
I was sat in the, in front of it, and then the person I was speaking to was going, "What you got? What, what's that? What's that?" And then I started explaining what everything was. Right. And then they weren't asking because they were interested in what they were. So I thought they were interested in what was going on. Then they were just like, "It's really messy." <laughs> so, yeah. so I was like, okay. Right. Was it yeah. sort of bugging them out a bit to see the the mess? Yes, and I, then I just realised, oh yeah, maybe this is what this time is for. Like, I need to organise myself, like in a really clear way, so when I come into the studio, I know that this is a, a, a workspace. It's not just a, it's not storage because it looked like I was just storing things. So I'm really like kind of. Started off in the shed, built these the shelves, uh, went to B and Q, da, 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 and then just really started to really organise things. So now I can really see what's uh, which are the things to use and which are just like distractions in a way. I think it was just one of those things where I just like you know what, Shet, if you don't do something, mm. you're gonna go nuts. So you need to yeah. like, figure out some type of routine like of like wake up in the morning and there's a guy on Instagram doing um a 30 minute exercise routine so that's what I'm doing 30 minutes every- I've never done that in my whole life yeah no I've been doing a similar thing 30 minutes yeah. in the morning I've never done that before but yeah yeah like get up and then do 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 something do some work um and I do the recording of the birds or something like that um, go back in the shed, look around, see the things that I need to get rid of, and then trying to do the same in the house as well. Like uh, I've got these cabinets that they, they give you two shelves, but uh, the cabinet should have at least four. And he's like, why? There's two, so I'm going to put another one in there. So like I've literally gone round. It's okay. All the things that you've been saying that you're going to do. <laughs> I think this is the time that you need to actually get all that stuff done, you know? Mm. So, oh, well done for doing it. <laughs> um, you know, there are obvious, countless negatives to our situation, but, you know, there are some positives, I guess. I mean, yeah. I've lost seven pounds since I, since hey. I'm just living a bit healthy, you know what I mean? Just sort of eating a bit better, yeah. exercising and stuff like that. So it's funny that... Although we are in this sort of Groundhog Day situation and it is quite difficult to get motivated, do you yeah. think, I mean, have there been sort of obvious positives for you? I think just even spending time at home, you know, I think that's quite quite a nice thing to be at home with my partner, like just be here. We're in the house um, together, like in a way that we probably wouldn't be in, in mm. a normal situation because you'd be at work, come back, dinner, probably watch a bit of telly and then bed but like it's like you wake up together you're in the same space which I think is really yeah I mean that's the the one thing that I really think is a positive about that you get to spend more time with the people I mean that that's if you've got someone someone with you or around you like just have that time with, with, with your uh trying to find the right words yeah your, your relatives or whoever you know your loved ones in a way yeah. and yeah. and also um it feels like we've all embraced um, this format, this live kind of face-to-face thing more than we would have before because I think we were more sceptical skeptical of like video or like being caught out or whatever it is, intrusive <laughs> kind of like media and stuff like that. 
was like um, on the weekend we have like a quiz on a, yeah. on Zoom like you know you like everyone's on there like ah we're talking 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 till about maybe two or one in the morning you know like so which is um, a positive. Yeah. What what things are you missing the most? Ah oh, man, I'm not missing the most. It was we talked about hugs. When you hug someone, like my mate Sean, we're talking about like, yeah, we meet, like, yeah, what's up? Yeah. Like, you really feel someone's kind of like, obviously I've got my partner, hey. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you meet friends, like a handshake, like a proper handshake, you know, yeah. um, and just talking to them in like in a face-to-face kind of like situation, I quite, I quite miss that. Yeah, a physicality of like. <laughs> Like I've, I've bumped in, have you found yourself, you have to pull back from doing that? Like I've bumped into people on the street and as soon as I see them, I just inst- instantly go up to do that. Like the hug yeah. or the fist pound or something. And then you go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And weird sort of like jump back. Like, yeah. ah, like the secret force field has bounced it's you back. Weird. It's weird because like we're like a threat to each other now. So I mean, yeah. yeah. And then like we'd, be, we'd do that normally. But like, yeah, you see someone just like, yeah, you're right, you're right. You're right, yeah, two meters, two meters, like, <laughs> and then they carry on walking, and, and um, I've got a few friends that are saying, oh, we meet up, and then we walk two meters apart, and it's just like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Very strange new stipulation was that you can meet one person in the park, so if you wanted to, say, meet your parents in the park, you'd have to do it one at a time. Yeah. Two meters apart, so you can only ever socialize with one other person, person yeah. and aren't you allowed to choose a household now my parents are separated so i've got to choose between my mum's household and my dad's house james james o'brien it was like um oh one way to get around that is that you bring your one parent in and then you um you employ the other parent as because right. i've you can, you can, someone can come in and be a cleaner. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so then that way both of them can be in the, in the house, you know. So you're still seeing one parent and the other one is working for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so, I'm not sure they're going to feel about being employed, but. <laughs> yeah, no, very strange family dynamic. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode with Isabella Summers. If you want to get in touch, you can contact us on artproofpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram at artproofpodcast. As always, remember to like and subscribe. Your support is always very welcome.